as things keep moving. Uh, if we can have, can I have the slides up? Are they working? Um, in a moment, there will hopefully be something on the screen. Happy Father's Day to all the Father's Day that are out, uh, all the Father's Day, all the fathers that are out there. Um, I have the privilege of having uh, a son and a daughter and a, and a lovely wife, and uh, they treat me really well this morning. And um, it was my birthday two weeks ago. Can I hear a happy birthday? <laughs> Thank you. Are you feeling really awkward and weird that you can't see the person speaking? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's all right. Awkward and weird is okay. And um, it was my 40th birthday two years ago. And on my 40th birthday, my family decided to take me to London, and, uh, which was a really nice, lovely day. And there was a point on the underground, on the tube, when, um, I don't know if you've been on the underground or the tube, but um, you've got a train that has these sliding doors that open and close. And then on some of the underground stations as well, what you've got is you've got like a, you've got an extra set of doors that open and close, and then you go through them, and then you go onto the actual train doors that are open and close. Do you guys know what I'm talking about with that? I'm only asking because I can't see your faces. And um, some people say I've got a face for the radio, and uh, this might make it, um, see if that's true or not. Anyway, there was a point where we were on a really busy underground station, and uh, my son Malachi, he was probably, what, nine years old at the time, and he somehow managed on a really busy station, it's me, my wife, my daughter, Malachi, my son, and the rest of my family, there was somehow a point where Malachi managed to jump through two sets of these doors just before they were, just before they were about to close. So Malachi jumped on the train, the door shut, and everyone else is on the other side of the door. And so I'm looking at my son through two sets of really strong doors. His face goes as white as a sheet. And although it's only probably about four inches of separation between me and Malachi, there was a great deep sense of, I need to get my son out of that train. Because I don't quite know what he's going to do when the train goes off and there's no one else that he knows on that train. He's totally alone. So it got to the point where I literally was clawing at the doors to try and open them. I had rubber on the, under, under my fingernails and everything else. Finally clawed the doors open. My brother-in-law quickly jumped in, the door shut, and then they went off to the next station and, uh, and got off. That, that moment of separation as a dad was, uh, was, was quite an intense, probably about 20 or 30 seconds where I was like, I don't know what to do, but actually I'm going to get them doors open as much as I can so that I can get him off. I didn't like that moment of separation there's another story of separation that runs through, actually, the whole of humanity, whether we know it or not. And to the point where one side involved was so desperate to be reunited that he gave everything for that reconciliation to take place. Everything. That's the story of God and humanity. The amazing story of salvation and that's what we're going to be talking about today. A separation between God and man. If you want a title, the title is called Both Sides of the Curtain. And it comes from Mark 15, verse 37 to 38. This is the point where Jesus is on the cross. He's been crucified. And this is the moment of his death. And it said this in Mark, and it says it in the other Gospels as well. It says this in Mark. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. 
And the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And the curtain from the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. The curtain that's being spoke of in the temple is a very, very real visual image to show the people of Jesus' time and actually before that they could not come into the presence of God because of their sin. That's the separation. There were two parts of the temple that this is talking about. You had the holy place and different people could go in there, the priests and things like that, and they would do different things. But you had another side, just the other side of a massive, huge curtain, which was called the Holy of Holies. And this represented the place where God dwelt. It was the place where his presence was. And it was the curtain which separated them. The curtain is kind of, I think it's guessed, but there might be kind of proof behind it and things like that. It was 60 foot high and about four inches thick. It's the kind of thing that you think, do you know what, someone, there needs to be a separation. It wasn't some Ikea curtain that cost five pounds in a bargain bucket. It was a massive, huge curtain that was there to separate God from humanity because of our sin. And yet once a year, only once a year, the high priest, the highest priests in all of them could enter that holy of holies place to offer sacrifices for the sins of God's people. This was called the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. But this was never a full enough answer. That once a year was never a full enough answer and something else needed to be done. Humanity would always be one side of the curtain and God the other side of the curtain until the day that sin was fully dealt with. Let me take you back to Mark 15 and with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last on the cross. And then in the temple, which is what we've just heard about, that big curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place, the Holy of Holies where God dwelt himself. That's the curtain of the temple, the 60 foot high curtain that four inches thick, which was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Jesus himself, the son of God, he was the fulfillment of everything that needed to be done for that curtain to be torn. He was the fullness of everything that needed to be done for that separation between God and humanity to no longer exist. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine that you guys, okay, in the congregation, you guys are sitting in the Holy of Holies. You're not, normally, you're not allowed to be there, but today you are. That's all right. It's for an illustration. So you guys are in the Holy of Holies. And I'm not. Believe me, I'm not. I'm not allowed in there. Nothing I can do can get me into the presence of God at all. Here's what happens. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Here's what happened. 
you know what? It's more powerful being here than it is there, believe me, at this moment in time. Here's what happened. There is now no longer any kind of separation between humanity and God. On this side of the curtain, God is that side of the curtain. Not only that, God is that side of the curtain, and I'm this side of the curtain. All of a sudden, an exchange, a relationship, is so possible that it was never possible really to its fullness before. I'm not sure if God sneezed, but never mind. It doesn't really matter. I want to quickly look at the book of Hebrews. I'm staying this side for a moment, okay? Look with me into the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 9.12, it says this. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats or calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. The way it used to take place was a high priest would go into there with the blood of sacrifices of animals and things like that once a year to make atonement for the sins of the people. And then he would come out. Jesus himself didn't use the blood of anyone else or anything else. He used his own blood on the cross. Hebrews 9, 24 says this. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. He didn't enter a brick built tent building, bricks and mortar made by human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Jesus entered the very presence of God himself in heaven, whatever that looks like, however that works out, before the very presence of God to make atonement for our sin. He didn't go into a tent, he didn't go into a building, but heaven itself, before God himself, to stand before him and say, this is the sacrifice that I'm making for humanity. And in Hebrews 9, 26, says this. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once and for all at the culmination in the age to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. What that means is Jesus doesn't have to do this once a year like the high priest had to in this temple. He has done it once and for all. This is a finished, ended work that will last forever. It's one sacrifice where he used his own blood and he stands in the very presence of God himself and he says... I want to take away the sin of every human, everyone. That's why I'm here. That's why I've done it. The old way was all right, but it didn't fulfill it. I am here to fully fulfill 
the problem and issue of sin. So what does that mean? Are you following me? Yeah? What does that mean? It means that the curtain has been torn and separation no longer exists for those who trust and believe the finished work of Christ Jesus. This is torn. That doesn't mean anyone and everyone can yet go through. I have to put my faith and trust in the work of Christ Jesus so that I can take that step in. That's how this works. We become in Christ. It's so fully complete that we ourselves can join Christ in the very presence of God. And not only that, but also where the Holy Spirit himself dwells in us. Such is the power of the cross. Such is the power of your forgiveness. Where you stand before the presence of God, right. So for me to walk into the very presence of God, I need to be perfect. I need to be right. I need to be okay. That's me, okay? I'm a kind of normal, everyday kind of guy. There's me mixing drinks for my family. I can't remember that was. It was a bank holiday weekend or something like that, trying to make cocktails, didn't really work. Bottom right, that's me and my family. The one in the blue, that's me as a baby with a duck thing on. I'm sure that's not me. The next one along, that's me with a slightly disproportionate head at the age of probably about four or five. I think my head still stayed the same size and weight as it is now when I was a lad. And then that's me dressed up as a Mexican on a fake horse going around to some mate's house for, for a party. Everyday people, it doesn't matter what you've done and what you haven't done. Not one is perfect to go across this curtain and walk through it. Not one. Hebrews 10.14 For by one sacrifice... He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice, watch this, okay? By one sacrifice, I have been made perfect. But I realize I'm not, but in his sight I am because of the work of Christ. And yet daily I am being made holy. He's working on me. He's sorting me out. And there's a process that's happening. And believe me, it's a big process. He's got his work cut out for him. But he is working on me in a way that no one else can. No one else can. But I know that I can now come into the presence of God. Because in his sight, I am made perfect through the one sacrifice through Jesus Christ. This is no ordinary story. It's not an ordinary story. We can't become complacent with this story. We can't become complacent with this story. Firstly, uh, when I was prepping this, my first thought was, I don't know, I just felt, I've I got to be really honest, I felt kind of dirty. Because this is a gift unlike any other. So to me, it's a gift like un, any, no other. 
And if that was the amount of work that needed to be done for me to come in here, I kind of felt, ah, I am a bit dirty after all. But then I thought, that's not my identity, actually. It's not who I am. Because then I think, God loves me enough to want me this side of the curtain and not that side of the curtain. He does. The first thing on his mind is, am I this side? And if I'm not this side, well, I should be this side. And he's going to do everything he can to rip that curtain and get me over here. Everything he can. And he did everything he could. My identity is not, I'm a sinner. My identity is, I am a saint who still gets stuff wrong. Before the very presence and eyes of God, I am a saint, dearly loved, engrafted in, adopted as one of his sons. I am part of his family, and you can't do anything about it. Seriously? Your first identity is, he wants you this side. That's why he did everything that he did. I don't need to focus on my wrong overly. It's not the core thing. I don't need to constantly think how bad I am. I can constantly think I'm this side of the curtain and I am loved. We've talked about a curtain. We've talked about coming in this side. Here's what I want to quickly talk about. And this is a bit I would love for us to kind of get a bit as well. Um, I don't know what the next slide is. I was one side of the curtain, and now I'm the other side of the curtain, okay? If you've got a bit of paper, would you mind standing up? You'll know who you, who you mean. I don't mean any kind of bit of paper, okay? <laughs> I've given you a piece of paper, okay? I want you to stand up. I want you to hold up the piece of paper and, um, and just spin around a bit. Everyone else, what I want you to do is I want you to have a look around. You're in the Holy of Holies at the minute. You're allowed in here if you are in Christ. Who's on the other side of the curtain? God's presence is on the other side of the curtain. So what does that mean? There's something called God's attributes. These are all the things that God perfectly is. Perfectly is. This is who you are coming into a relationship with. This is what makes me hungry during a hunger season. Massively. Let me describe some of the attributes, okay? With my bit of paper. Hopefully I won't need it. Let's go around. Mercy. God is 100% merciful. He has had mercy on every single person who is in Christ, and everyone actually. But he's a God that cares. He is. This one does my head in. Omnipresent. God is present everywhere at every part of time. Amen. Try and get your head around that. Okay? God is good. God is good, full stop. 
that's a tough thing to come to at times. But he is good. The problem is God is both good 100% and wise 100%, but his wisdom's higher than ours at times, and we don't quite care why he does what he does. I have to trust sometimes that his wisdom is bigger than mine. But I've stepped this side of the curtain and I'm getting to know how this all works together. God is incredibly wise. Did you know that you can fit a million, a million earths in the sun? I'd encourage you to look at how creation's made, to look at how the planets and the stars and the solar system are thrown into being, to look at the universe and the universes beyond, and you will see how clever and wise he is. Omniscient. Who knows what omniscient means? God does. <laughs> Who knows what omniscient means? That is the best answer ever. What does omniscient mean? God is... <laughs> Mate, Chris, your class. God is all-knowing. There's nothing that he doesn't know. And the stuff that we'll discover in 100 years' time that we never knew existed, he'll be sitting there thinking, yeah, 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 I know. He knows. And when you mix that with mercy, omnipresent, seriously, God is 100% spiritual. He's spiritual. This is Doreen. Doreen's brilliant. Doreen's got love and she asked for love. Doreen loves Psalm 150, don't you? What does it say, Psalm 150? What does it talk about? Yeah. 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 Doreen loves Psalm 150. I love it. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I love it. Pick up a guitar and sing songs to God because you love him. He is love. Pure. The purest kind of love. This story tells you it. This story tells you it. Did you know that God is jealous? God is a jealous God. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for his honour. And to us that might sound a bit of a difficult concept. I'm not going to open it up. I'm going to challenge you guys to go and look it up for yourselves. How is God jealous? Where's my shoes? I've left them behind there, Doreen. I've got flip-flops on. They're a bit noisy when I walk about. Get this one. Get this one. God is invisible. What does it say in Colossians? Jesus is the way maker, but it says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If invisibility is something you struggle with, look at the New Testament and try and get an idea. I think Jesus is amazing because he's fully God, fully man, and it helps us from our frame of reference get an idea of what God kind of might be like. But he is invisible. I can't make myself disappear. As 
I, you can't. You can't, uh, can't strain disappearance. God is faithful. There's not one element where he will ever be unfaithful. Not one element. Massively wise. Truth. Man alive. There have been times where I've needed truth from a bigger, wider person that is wise that can speak into my life. Man alive. But not only that, I know that there is a truth that the world is a bigger place than just me. I know who made it and I cling on to it. Times you have to cling on to it. When you've got other choices, stand your ground. No, 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 wait a minute. That's the truth. That there is the truth. Eternity. Ah. Again, God exists all the time, everywhere, every single space. He's here right now, but he's he's in next week, and he sees it all equally. Do you know what? I feel a bit like, anyone seen um, Back to the Future? Dr. Emmett Brown, where he gets really confused. You might not know what I'm on about. Okay. God is just. God is just. God is just. There is no messing about with him. He is just. He is incredibly holy. That's why there's a curtain. That's why a work needed to be done. Very just and he's very other than. Sin does not exist. It, it, no, it does. In him, it doesn't. There's no sin found in him. So he had to keep it separate. He's very other than. Grace. Wow. Go and find out about grace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. When you mix peace with omniscient, with love, with just. It's not that one of these things pop up each time you need it. God is 100% unified in all of this. And each part of him works perfectly together. Wrath. There's one you don't hear preached on a Sunday morning. The wrath of God. There is a punishment for sin. I actually thank God for wrath because if I felt that, he backed off a bit, I wouldn't quite know where I stood with him. I don't know if that makes sense. Because of his holiness and his righteousness and truth, he cannot handle sin. It doesn't, it's, it, it's not right. So wrath is a punishment for sin. You need to know that Jesus took fully every bit of the wrath of God on the cross for you. The wrath of God was poured out on Christ on the cross. And there was holiness as well. Can we give these guys a round of applause? Let me just ask you a question. How did you feel when you looked around? If you're a Christian and you've been found in Christ, and you are, 
You are the other side of the curtain. You are relationship with God, who is all of those things. This is the God we come before. And even that's limited in our minds. Once you are that side, the curtain's torn. Christ welcomes you in. Christ welcomes you in. Where do we go from here? A couple of things to think about. Hebrews 6, 6, 6 through to 19. I'm going to quickly read this because we're going to come back to um, sing. Hebrews 6, 16 to 19 says this. People swear by someone greater than themselves and an oath confirms what he said and puts an end to the argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. What does that mean? You've just looked around at the attributes of God. His faithfulness, his wisdom, all of that. The work of Christ you can hold on to like an anchor for the soul. If you trust in Christ, he's not going to turn around and say, ah, it was a joke. The work is fully complete by him for you. Your salvation is secure. You're secure in him. You can hold on to that like an anchor for the soul. He is faithful. Remember who's done the work. The God that we've just talked about. Hebrews 10, 14. What does that say? Let's have a look. Hebrews 10, 14. Where is it? I've done it already. And since that time, for by one sacrifice is made perfect forever those who are made holy. We are perfect before God and being made holy. Trust the process and follow. You are the right side of the curtain in Christ. Nothing else needs to be done. The wonderful, amazing thing is that there is a process where God is making you more holy. Making you into the person you were originally designed to be. That's exciting. That's incredibly exciting. It's not a heavy thing. Very exciting. Him working on you to flourish, to grow, to become all that you're supposed to be all that you're designed to be. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay. So here's the point of this morning. And um, if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Jude 24. It's the only bit that we're going to come out of of thing because we're going to read it. Jude 24. It's not a chapter. It's a doxology. Here's the thing of this morning. In a minute, I'm going to invite the band to come up, and they're going to lead us in some songs. My hope is that something from this morning, we've seen the work of Christ and the importance of the curtain. 
that if you would say you're a Christian and you've put your trust in Christ and his work, the curtain's torn, but what you can do, you can come through. You're on the side of the curtain you were always made to be. We weren't made to be that side. We were made to be this side. That's why it feels right and it feels like you're at home when you meet God. It's the place we were meant to be. The second bit was just to see again that actually we've, we've heard a lot about identity over the hunger season and that's brilliant and that's amazing and I love it. But actually it's not all about us. Remember again. Look around the Holy of Holies a bit. What I mean by that is Get curious about who God is himself again. How big is he? How massive is he? Go and walk by the sea, look out and think, wow, he made that. Go and walk up a mountain again. I don't know, whatever it is you do. Open up some books about science, about how the human body works, about how the universe just kind of works, the galaxy and all this kind of stuff. Get curious again. Get, get yourself a systematic theology book. Wayne Grudem. Brilliant. Open it up. Let's get curious again about him himself. You will never exhaust getting to know him because he's far too big. He's far too big. Become hungry for getting to know him himself, who he is. So for me, I'm hungry to know him more. I want to discover more about him. I've tasted and seen that God himself is good. And I want to keep tasting. Not for my benefit. Not that he's going to change me in some way. He does that along the way. I just want him. I just want... I can't get a bit emotional this morning. Just want him. I want to know him more. If it didn't work on my life, it'd still be enough. But it does, and that's a, amazing in itself. Jude 24. Can we stand? So the curtain's torn. We go through. Who's on the other side? Here's what he says at the end of Jude. You can follow it. I want to invite Ali. Do you mind just coming up for a bit? I'm going to read this out. And then, without any music whatsoever, okay, if you're brave enough, it's all right. If the room's quiet, it's quiet. It's not a, it's all right. It's fine. If you're brave enough, I want you to pray a prayer of thanks just where you are. Not coming down the front. You don't need to come down the front. Just maybe just express something to God himself of who you are. Is that okay? All right. You don't need a microphone. Let's just do it. This is what he says in Jude. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our saviour, be glory. Be majesty. 
power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. So to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. With great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. I'm going to start. I, I, I want to pray. And then I'm just going to leave it open. Guys, if you want to say something, go for it. We're not going to have any music. You can hear yourself do it. That's all right. And we're going to lift him up in song after. Is that okay? Jesus, I thank you that through the work of the cross, your life, death, resurrection, you yourself went before the very presence of God. as a one-time sacrifice so that all who believe in you can join you and we are in you. I thank you that, God, we can come and we can get to know you. And I thank you that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, as that sacrifice, but so that we could understand a bit more of who you are as well. Because, Jesus, you are the image of the invisible God. God, you are above and beyond. When we sing, there is no one like you, there is no one like you. When we sing old hymns like How Great Thou Art and looking at creation and all these things, we recognise the God who we stand before. Sometimes we lost for words. Other times words just bubble up and we just want to tell you how incredible you are. I thank you that through Christ, you're sending your son, the work of your son, the Trinity, how all that works. There is an overarching theme that you are our Father in heaven, and hallowed be your name, and your kingdom come, and your will be done. I thank you we come to our Father in heaven, who is all of these things that we've seen and alive, and you welcome us into the right side of the curtain because you want us there. From my angle, I just want to say there's no better place, and I thank you that you've welcomed me in. I thank you for the works you've done. Thank you how you changed me. Blessing after blessing. God, I want to get to know you even more, the rawness of who you are. Amen. Let's just open it up, guys, if you want to go for it. You're not getting any acoustic, are you playing? Alid. I'm not getting any acoustic, are you playing?